before I jump in very quickly, uh, about a week and a half ago, if you're new here, uh, me and my wife, our house caught on fire. Um, it was not my fault, I don't believe. Um, um, it was not on purpose for sure. And so uh, I want to put that out there that I did not start a fire. Um, but I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I knew it was coming. Y'all knew it was coming, didn't y'all? <laughs> um, we are so grateful for you guys. Um, last uh, Thursday, after it happened, uh, me and Tracy were at her parents' house on the couch. And uh, Tracy was a little emotional. I have no idea why. And, um, and we're sitting there, and she's getting text after text. And I would watch her. She would get a text, be just normal, like this. Well, I'm kind of crying right now, but imagine me not crying if you can. Um, and she'd be normal, and then the tears would start coming. And that probably happened 25 times that day. And um, we were just overwhelmed and blessed by our faith family. And so thank you for the encouragements for everything you guys have done. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Okay, let's jump in. Real quick, um, you know, we're talking about some very practical things today, uh, about uh, how to discipline, all this kind of stuff. And some of you have kids, some of you don't. And this can all feel kind of dry sometimes, kind of like a seminar and like we're just kind of learning some truths. But, but hear my heart for us today. My heart for us is, here, is to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's going to be a lens that we're going to talk through that, but the, the, the bottom line, the, the main goal is for us to hear and apply the gospel to our lives. So let me pray for us as we get started. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, make yourself known to us right now, Father. Lord, we have so many distractions in our life. Father, remove all of that from our hearts and minds right now, Lord. Become real to our hearts and lives and minds today. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you think about um, family ministry and kids and students, the tension that even as a pastor I think about is what is the role of the church versus what is the role of the parent? And, and how much does the church do... Is the church doing too much? Is the church, the church doing too, too little? You know, where, where is that line? And so we're going to talk through three main things that is the church's role. The first thing that the church's role is to equip. Our, our heart as pastors, as leaders, is to equip you to disciple and care for your children. And so when I say equip, here's what I mean. Today is a day where we're focusing on equipping you as a parent. I believe every Sunday at our worship gathering is a time where you are equipped as a parent. Here's why. The biggest thing you need to, to be a parent and to love on your kids is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a technique. It's not a thing. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we gather, we sing and talk about the gospel. Uh, another way is uh, resources. Today you're going to hear about a lot of resources. We send out blog posts. We have all these things. Uh, we have a, 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 a weekly catechism that we as a church go through. And all that simply is, it's this one thing every single week that we're asking all of our families to begin to learn and walk in one truth about God. It's a great resource for you and your family. There's so many books and blogs that we want to put in your hands to resource and equip you. And the last thing I think is a huge 
probably the biggest equipping thing that we have, and that's our huddles. And what a huddle is this right here? A huddle is about three to five, sometimes 10, however the group works, uh, same-sex people coming together every single week to um, really go through Scripture and see what God is saying to them. And it's in those environments that God works in your heart to make you a better parent. So my biggest push to you as a parent is that you need to be discipled so that you can disciple your kids. The church's role is to equip. The second is we want to create environments. The church wants to create environments. Upstairs right now is an environment for your kids. We want to create environments where your kids or students can hear the gospel and the nature and character of God taught to them in their language they can understand. Now, these environments, this is not the primary tool for them, but it is a needed tool. Does that make sense? So when you think about bringing your kids to Covenant Church, that is not the end-all, be-all. That's not what it is. And if that is your heart and your hope, we're going to do a bad job for you. And I just want you to know that right now. Um, Here is kind of the goal of Sundays, our Sunday environments. It's mainly to give you a platform for the rest of the week to talk to your kids about God. Okay, so here's our heart, and we're kind of moving this direction. So we talked about the catechisms a few minutes ago. And um, our heart is we're going to prepare, and we're going to see how it goes, to write our own curriculum um, using the catechisms. And here's why. We want what we're doing upstairs. So as um, my son, Hayes, um, God love him, as he um, begins to hear some of these truths upstairs, when we leave that day, it sets us off the rest of the week to talk about these truths. That he's hearing it from somebody else and coming together and talking about that with us. So starting in the fall, um, our goal is to have all of our ages walking through the catechism curriculum. And another kind of part of that is our, our school-age kids who have been going once a month upstairs for some stuff. We're going to shoot for every week with them. But it's going to look like this because we feel like it's very important for our older school-age kids to see their parents worshiping. So here's, here's how it's going to look. So you will walk up with your kids. You'll take all your kids upstairs, go check them in. Your older kids will come down here with you and will sit with you during the worship. You'll sing together, pray together, enjoy all that together. Then once the preaching starts, we'll send the kids upstairs for focused teaching time for them about um, the catechisms. And so I'm very, very, very excited about that. If you have any questions all all about that, let me know, please. Um, Also, uh, starting in the fall, uh, student ministry is going to be very, very exciting. This is a huge environment for us. We have students here. That's very, very exciting. And um, how this is going to look, I have no idea exactly. I know um, some people of the Grubs and Deloaches have talked to us um, about helping with that. And so I said your name on Sunday, so you're kind of stuck now. You got to do it. Um, there's no escaping at this point. Um, it'll probably like, you know, they'll probably do something around 930s on Sundays where they're being taught, communicated with, prayed, to, prayed over. And then also we want our kids to serve. I think it is so huge. And I've seen this with John Evans boys, especially as they begin to understand, I think the nature and character of God of being a servant through serving on Sundays. If you see his sons, thank them because you're sitting in a chair they set up probably. And so thank them because they are serving the church every single week. And that's a great way for us to teach our kids. So for your students, there's two things we want to have for them. 
The, sec- the first thing is we want an environment where they can um, meet other students. I know in my life, in, when I was in high school, um, I didn't have a ton of friends. I know we're shocked right now. Um, I didn't have a ton of friends, but my church was my faith, was my family, and they really helped shape um, who I am. And so they did a great job, obviously, because as of now, I am about perfect. And, um, and the second thing uh, in that is we want an extra voice. We want an extra voice. So we're, the church is going to equip, going to have environments, and we'll provide an extra voice. And this is where everybody in here is a part of this. Not just people with kids or whatever. This is where every single person in this room, they are an extra voice. If you are like me, your life has been shaped not, by, not just by your parents, but also that second voice in your life. Another adult coming alongside you to slap you in the head. Or to encourage you. Or to pray with you. Or to teach you. That is the role of the family of God. Once again... This is not primary, but it is needed. It is needed. Now, this is going to happen, so I know you're dying to be part of this. So this is how it happens. This happens through you serving on Sundays, either with, with students or with kids or with babies. That is how you have a voice in their life. It's through being in that environment with them, helping to encourage, teach, and shape them. And the second is by participating in community. I didn't say just attending community. I said participating in community. So a lot of us here are in community group. God has called you to be a participating voice in that. What, here's what that looks like. So um, as my son gets older and as he uh, begins to sin more and more, if that's possible, I don't think it is at this point, um, and, and as we are walking in this together, you can be the second voice to me to tell Hayes the same things that I am telling him, which is the gospel. And li- listen to me. All of our kids need this. All of our kids do. Very quickly, for those of you who don't have kids, either you're single or you're married don't have kids, hear from me. Hear this. God has called you to help disciple our kids. God has not called you to be on the sidelines right now. He has called you to help us disciple these kids. And second thing, some of you, God's put on your heart a burden to be a parent. And, and, and here's what I want to tell you. While you're in this season of not being a parent, God wants you to use that heart for kids. He does. Uh, Tim and Haley Clements are upstairs right now. Robin's upstairs right now. Don't have kids, but man, they pour into our kids. They pour into our kids. And that is a blessing. That's a blessing. So I would encourage you to do that. And last thing in that, be the family of God. You know, for example, before we had kids, oh, the days before we had kids, um, we would go to family and we'd have, uh, we have a niece um, who is honestly worse than Hayes is. And uh, is this recorded? And, um, and, uh, but you know what? We were a part of loving her, sometimes disciplining her, doing all these things because we're a family. And when there's a family, we, it takes a village. We all come together to help do this. For those who do have kids, hear this for me real quick. Don't make everything in your community group about your kids. Don't make every community group event something kid-focused. Because we are the family of God, and our, our community should, should um, look like that. Because here's my heart. I don't want our groups to become this thing where it's singles here, where it's married without kids here, 
where it's married with kids here, where it's uh, married with kids out of the house over here. And here's why. If we, if we did that, people might be happy on the surface, but that's a worldly surface thing. In the family of God, there's this beautiful, messy picture of all of this doing life together. And here's also why. We all learn from each other. I desperately need to be around Jeff and Rhonda Grubbs so I can learn how to do this for the long term. And before I had kids, I had to be around people who had kids to see how to start doing this at all. Before I was married, it helped me so much to see men love their wives in a God-centered way. We all need each other to see this. But don't make everything in your community group about your kids. Um, next thing, let them help. If there are people without kids in your group, let them help you with your kids. They can hold your baby. They can take your kid for a walk. They can come to your house and watch your kids. Let them help. Include those people in community. And last thing, be the family of God. The family of God serves each other and makes a way for each other. So we see the church's role is not the primary force in the child's life. That is the parent's role. Congratulations, parents. Um, The parent is the primary disciple maker in their child's life. You have the responsibility. God's going to ask you about this one day. So I want you, and and especially for parents dedicating their kids next week, uh, what a special time. Um, But hear this, as you're doing that, you are stepping into a lifelong commitment to disciple your kids. And please take that very, very seriously. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6 very quickly. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. So the first way the parent does this, you've got to love the gospel. You have to love the gospel. Hear me when I say this. You cannot pass on what you do not love. Uh, I, I shared this illustration before, but I'll share it again. So um, I'm a good American. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, um, and so my son will not become a New Orleans Saints fan. Does that make sense? Because he's walking in faith. And, and so what, what, what I mean by this is my son is going to see me watching um, the Dallas Cowboys and enjoying them. And I'm going to be able to pass on that because I love that. Does that make sense? But if there's this weird thing where you're always, um, you cannot pass on what you, can't, what you don't love. And so we're going to be here today for the next few minutes, and we're going to talk about some practical things. And those are all well and good, but I think for a lot of us here, the truth is today is a day of repentance for you. That God has brought you here, and before we go any further, you have to repent of your sin, repent of your apathy, repent of all this mess, and have faith and trust and love for the Father. And I want to encourage that, that's in your heart today, that God wants to speak to you. God wants to work in your heart right now, that God has good news for you. Look here in, uh, at the end of verse 5. It says, with all your soul and with all your might. This will take work. It will take all of your might to really begin to love the gospel. I'm not saying you're, you're working to gain anything, but there's this grace-filled work you have to do. You have to pursue Jesus. Listen, if you're not in God's words, you're not able to really commune and enjoy and love him. So part of the first thing that's being a parent is you have to walk with God. 
You can't disciple somebody to something you're not in relationship with. And so, once again, if you have a heart for God, you have to cultivate that heart for God and continue to walk in that day after day after day. So this is the first point in the parent's role is to love the gospel. Look at verse 6. And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. They shall be on your heart. It's this idea that it's always with you. Um, like I always have my phone with me. It's always on me. So the second point is we have to live the gospel. We love the gospel, and that's great. We should do that. But we also have to live the gospel. Your children should see something different about your life. Here's a question for you. Are you living in a way, are you the parent living in a way that your kids can see something different about you? Is there any godly fruit difference in your life that your kids can look and see? It's a question we have to answer today. You know, this is why it's important also for you to be faithful, I think, even a worship gathering. Uh, let me talk to my men real quick, my, to, to the fathers. Uh, your role, father, is not just to get, um, not just go to work, not just to provide a home. Your role as a father is to get your family up at, at 8.30 on Sundays and have breakfast fixed and get kids dressed so that they can come and sit under teaching and be part of the family of God. That is your role. You're not missing the LSU game on Saturdays. You're not missing your fishing trip. You're not missing vacation. Be in community. What do your kids see that you care more about? Shopping? Clothes? Football? Basketball? Rugby? Boxing? Whatever you do, I have no idea what you do. But what do your kids see you're passionate about? Because the truth is what you say is going to be much less than what you do. The first way you teach is through your life. Does the way your family spend money teach your kids who God is? Or is it teaching their God because all money is spent on them? Or is it teaching that daddy is God because daddy always has a new truck or a new boat or uh, whatever? Um, I don't know what we buy nowadays. Um, what does your marriage look like to your kids? Through the way that you love your spouse, do they see the gospel? Before we go any further, guys, we have to answer these big rocks. Because we, <laughs> these are the things, we can talk about how you can teach your kids this or how to discipline your kids, that's great. But is your heart and your life matching up with these things? So as we keep talking, I believe God's speaking to you right now. Write that down. Write down what God's revealing in your heart right now. I would encourage you to do that. Because that's where God wants to get to work. So we love the gospel. We live the gospel. Last, parents teach the gospel. Parents teach the gospel. And that's why we're here today. That's what we're going to flesh out. We're going to flesh out how we teach the gospel through two main ways. Through intentional family discipleship and through discipline. Those are the two primary ways that we teach our kids the gospel. And so um, we're going to watch a video here. And then uh, Brad's going to come up and going to um, encourage us with the word. So watch this video with us.